Welcome to the Vita Foods Insights Podcast. Join us as we explore the latest in science and innovation, helping the global health and nutrition industry connect, develop, and progress. Today's host is Heather Granato, Vice President of Content. Welcome to this special podcast as we're heading into our Vita Foods Virtual Expo. My guest today is Mike Hughes. He's the Head of Research and Insight at FMCG Gurus. Mike, thank you for joining me today. Thank you very much. Mike has more than 13 years experience in analyzing consumer trends across the food, drink, and supplement industry. And during our Vita Foods Virtual Expo, he'll actually be sharing a presentation around the shifts in the immune health category, certainly something that has been on everyone's mind during this lockdown and global pandemic. So Mike, you've got a lot that you could probably tackle, <laughs> and I'm excited to see the types of information you'll be able to share with us. Uh, thank you. One of the things, obviously, that we're seeing is an increased interest from consumers around immune function. Uh, do you think consumers are understanding the connection between their immune health, stronger immune function, and how that ties to their whole body wellness? Yeah, absolutely. So as consumers become more concerned um, about their immune health in the wake of COVID-19, um, they're also taking um, a proactive approach to researching their immune system and immune health. And as a as a result of this, adopting a broader concept to um, what constitutes good immunity. So, for example, consumers are associating um, physical attributes such as waistlines, um, heart health with immunity, but also um, looking at things such as um, anxiety, stress, sleep disorder and recognizing that this is something that doesn't just influence mood, uh, but something that can also directly influence their immune system. If they're tired, if they're run down, if they're fatigued, it's something that increases their vulnerability to illness. So what consumers are doing is they're taking a broader approach to immunity and recognizing that immunity is basically central to all their physical and cognitive health aspects. And as a result, looking to, to improve these. So, so, so absolutely, what we're seeing is consumers not just seeking out a product that says this, this, or, or, or believing that it will boost their immune health, but instead looking for products that um, help aid or assist all aspects of physical and cognitive health with the end goal of boosting immunity and ultimately uh, reducing vulnerability to disease and illness. Fantastic. And it's so nice to see that we're moving in this direction, given the connection between all aspects of the body. Certainly one of those front lines is the idea of your gut health. And as we've seen a lot of discussion around the microbiome, I'm wondering if that's also contributing the fact that people do understand how important their gut is to getting nutrition and that connection and with immune function. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, over the last um, 10 to 20 years, there's been a fundamental change in consumer attitudes to digestive health. Um, you know, it was once something of a social taboo that consumers were perhaps embarrassed about talking about. They would be um, reluctant to go to the doctor's awareness of probiotics was was low. And um, in the last 10 years, there's been a fundamental change where, um, you know, there's been an increased proportion of consumers who are suffering from allergies and intolerances, be it real or perceived. 
um, who also say that they're suffering from health problems such as uh, constipation, gas, bloating on a on a fairly regular basis, which may be because of their diet, it may be because of uh, age, because of their, their aging, they might be because of stress and anxiety. Uh, but consumers are recognizing that digestive health is actually pretty central um, to, to, to good overall immune health. Um, and the whole issue of things such as beneficial bacteria is now, um, you know, increasingly accepted across the, um, the globe. Um, yeah, and, and what we're seeing is consumers recognizing that, you know, current diets and lifestyles may be impacting on their digestive health. And as a result, um, looking to make fundamental changes. As you were saying, with that in interest in improving diet, whether it's for your gut health or overall well-being, the addition of supplements to have a healthier lifestyle to boost your immune function. Do you think this shift is going to be a long-term trend that we're going to see, or is it a spike right now because of the situation we find ourselves in? Well, I, I think in the short term, it's, um, it's, a, it's a question that's incredibly difficult to answer because, you know, consumers are concerned about a second wave of the virus, even had the much discussed curve has flattened in many countries. You know, consumers are concerned about whether there'll either be a second wave or if this is one big long wave. Many consumers uh, believe that the that, that COVID will continue to impact their their lifestyles for at least twelve months, or whether they um, or until that was a va um, a vaccine that's been found. So. Traditionally, when it comes to um, healthier products and uh, functional products, there can often be an attitude behavior gap amongst consumers where they'll they'll state that they find these products appealing, but typically they won't they won't seek them out on a regular basis. Where health goals tend to be short term orientated for a specific achievement rather than like a kind of long term health goal. Um, the increased concern that we've seen now as a result of COVID nineteen and highlighted by consumers being concerned about their their immunity suggests that they will continue to be uh, proactive and that this um, attitude behavior gap won't be as apparent, at least until, um, you know, either um, a vaccine for the virus has been found or, you know, it's something that goes considerably. When it comes to supplements, it's worth noting that overall consumers um, prefer functional food and drink products um, to supplements. The reason for this is from a food and drink perspective, they're seen as affordable, tastier and easier to incorporate into their diets. Whilst with supplements, there can be some concerns around things such as the efficacy of products, uh, the risk of side effects, um, the cost of products, the, the, the difficulty of incorporating them into daily diets, be certain consumers may struggle to digest um, tablets and capsules, or simply consumers may have the best intentions to take a capsule in the morning, but just forget because they're they're too busy. So I think what what we've seen is um, while supplements remain second best to functional food and drink, there has been an increase um, in the proportion of consumers who are seeking these products out, which means that some consumers are seeing the benefits. Um, whilst um, the, the concern about COVID-19, um, it's likely that they will continue to purchase these products because they see them as something of a necessity. Um, in the long term, um, I think the, the key will be how can nutritional supplements uh, be positioned in a way that they're seen as convenient and hassle-free, uh, but also uh, transparent. And one thing that's really interesting is we've been 
speaking to some nutraceutical companies in the last um, couple of months, and a big trend that's actually emerged is it's really crucial at this stage that the new uh, the supplement industry doesn't go almost the opposite way and are seen to be making um, misleading claims about how effective supplements are in either preventing consumers from getting uh, COVID-19 or helping them uh, um, deal with it should they should they be infected. And that it's really important that supplements aren't seen as a silver bullet. So there's a real opportunity at the moment and they'll continue to be as long as uh, COVID-19 is around and Unfortunately, it doesn't seem to be going anywhere for a while, which means that attitude behavior gap will not not be as apparent. Um, in the long term, the key is, as I mentioned, the ability to incorporate products into daily diets, compromise and hassle free, and that the supplement industry maintains transparency and credibility when it comes to claims. I couldn't agree more on both counts. One of those points would be the idea of things becoming a habit. And they talk about if you want to have exercise become a habit, you have to do it consistently over X long period of time. And then it's just something that you're used to. It could be the same kind of concept for supplements as well as those foods and beverages that they're adding into the diet because it's boosting my health. And then I get three months down the road and it's just something that I'm used to doing. And yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and this is the thing to remember sometimes with with uh, supplements. If somebody's purchasing um, a product that's high in protein, for instance, they might be doing it as a better for you diet and uh, engaging other healthy aspects in their life where they can they can see the results after a couple of months and that can motivate them to continue. If you're taking a product that's you know high in vitamin C or omega-3 or something like that, if you don't see the immediate um, effects after three months, irrespective of other aspects of your lifestyle, be it you may take these tablets but not lead a healthy diet and may, um, you know, stay up late and not drink enough water. If consumers don't see these immediate benefits, then again, it's the motivation of why do I why do I continue to take them? I imagine as well, you know, especially in some countries, it's it's perhaps seasonal as well. You know, that's something that I think the supplement industry has historically seen. You know, people turn to these products in the winter when it goes dark earlier, when it's cold and consumers are looking for their vitamins. But again, you know, in the summer, will they be more inclined to, to continue to take these products? So again, you know, there's, there's always that issue with supplements where, you know, sometimes consumers will con struggle to stick to the routine, even if they feel that they don't need them at certain times of the year, um, if they don't see the advantages. Or another time, you know, consumers may take supplements because they're feeling run down, they're feeling tired, but once they're feeling better, full strength, do they do they continue to take the products or do they then turn back to them as and when they need them? It's absolutely true. I do think that there will be question about whether these sales spikes that we've seen around some of these supplements really are sustainable. And when you bring up the question of the quality issue and the claims, absolutely, U.S., EU, doesn't matter where you are, dietary supplements are designed to supplement the diet. They are not designed to treat, cure, mitigate, or prevent disease. And marketers are being targeted for making those types of out-of-bounds claims. And at the same time, we hope that they are also providing efficacious products. So ensuring they're doing their testing and getting the quality ingredients. Do you think that there are concerns about quality control related to supplements, particularly in that immune category, given the concerns with the taxed supply chain? Um, I, I think from, from a consumer's perspective, when it comes to um, quality control amongst the supply chain, there's, there's two ways of looking at it. I, I, 
Um, I don't think the average consumer will be fully aware of, um, you know, the average legislation in the country, the quality control. Um, when, when we've done research on nutritional supplements, for instance, consumers are more likely to look for ingredients that they know and trust and they see as familiar and they associate with benefits rather than branded in- ingredients. Uh, you know, consumers always feel that there's um, a, a trade-off between price and efficacy, and they're more likely to spend their time researching that to find the right mix as opposed to some of the legislative issues. Um, so I, I think from a, a consu- consumer um, issue, it's more a case of familiar and recognisable ingredients, promoting claims such as natural, being free from the bad ingredients and high in the good ingredients and not being misleading and outlandish with claims. But I think that actually um, is something that the industry really needs to take into account. And this is a message that I often say with nutraceuticals and supplements, but at this time, it's more important than ever. Um, There's a massive opportunity for innovation, but what's crucial is it's the right type of innovation. Um, And what we see often when, you know, we go to trade fairs uh, across the globe, we'll see these products that look absolutely great and they're from these small brands and um, manufacturers and the claims are absolutely brilliant, but you often think, well, how much will they hold up in certain countries? You may be able to launch that there, but there's absolutely no chance that that is going to be allowed in the market in, in certain other countries where there's where there's advanced legislation. And even in the countries where these products do get through, if you make these claims that then can't stack up, it's something that impacts the industry overall. Um Consumers will pick a product, and if they don't think that that's effective, they will become more uh, scrutinous, scrutinous towards the industry overall rather than that specific brand. So I think the one thing that will be really important is not necessarily from a consumer perspective because their focus will be on trust, famili- familiarity, and um, you know val- value ultimately. The, the, the real focus, it needs to be done at an industry level. Um, and almost streamlining the innovation so that it's, it's the right level of innovation so that these products can be launched, um, that they have claims that are credible, that can stand up, that they don't overpromote what they can do and that they don't discredit the industry overall. And what will be really interesting is something I think over the next five years, if the supplement industry is to really grow and particularly if, you know, sometimes we hear on the news that there'll be more waves of these potential coronaviruses and consumers uh, will adjust to what we call the new normal. There'll be a really emphasis at the industry level, if not on government levels, to say, well, hang on, what we need to do is consolidate the market and ensure that only the products that have this right innovation get through to um, offer the, the 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 quality and trust along the supply chain, but crucially, capture consumer trust and 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 not um, damage the industry reputation in the long term. I think that's fascinating. Certainly, the issue of regulatory compliance and differences in the regulatory environment between geographies are going to come into play as you see different types of products, different types of ingredients that are allowed in one geo, not in another. And uh, some markets are much more open to Mm. different types of claims and ingredients than others are. So there certainly could be some tightening and this immune situation that we're looking at may well be that case study that we've been expecting to see that really would put it on the radar of governments around the world. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, uh, one thing to take into account with that, and again, something the industry needs to consider is, as we mentioned, there's certain countries where their their claims are less stringent um, in terms of regulation. 
but one thing that we've seen dramatically over the last six months is e-commerce growing. Um, and obviously with the growth of online websites where you can purchase a product from another country, uh, what, what you don't want is a situation where consumers purchase a product from one country where those claims stack up, but ultimately when they're using the product, they might find it ineffective and as such um, have a negative industry, have a negative attitude towards the supplement industry in their country, even though that product has been bought online and they wouldn't be able to get in a physical store in their country. So it's really interesting where, as we say, there's a massive opportunity, but I think the whole issue of transparency and the right kind of products and, and almost like the bigger market players turning around and saying, well, look, be aware of certain products, be aware that these products, you know, won't necessarily uh, prevent you from getting COVID-19 or offering instant solutions or uh, making uh, absolute boost in your immune system, but fully explaining how these products can be incorporated as part of a, a healthy overall lifestyle um, in an affordable, transparent and relatively hassle-free banner. And then there's a real good opportunity to, to grow the market. I think that takes us right back to where we started, the connection between the whole body wellness and your stronger immune function that benefits you long term. Thank Absolutely. you so much, Mike, for your insights today. I so appreciate it. And I'm certainly looking forward to hearing more on this topic during our VitaFoods Virtual Expo. Any last thoughts for our audience? No, absolutely. Um, just uh, thank you very much for, for inviting us. Um, this remains a hot topic. Um, it's one that we'll do for the next couple of years. I think, um, you know, we, we have to adjust to the new normal and, Attitudes can now evolve on a week by week, month by month basis based on, um, you know, a potential second and third wave spike, you know, and, and how bad that will be. Um, and I think, you know, there's a really what we'll see is consumers becoming more concerned about their immune health than ever before. And with that, bringing opportunities um, for food, drink and supplement brands. But the key being to, you know, any product launches to be the right kind of innovation and to do so in a credible and transparent manner. And if, if that can be done, there's a real opportunity to, you know, promote this concept of holistic health and how, um, you know, addressing every aspect of mental and physical health can directly improve immunity and, and, and ultimately, um, you know, improve, improve your health and reduce vulnerability to disease and illness. Fantastic. Again, Mike, thank you so much for joining me and to our listening audience. We've got a link in the landing page so you can get online, get registered for the VitaFoods Virtual Expo taking place September 7th to the 11th online. 